Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes We're back! Whoa! Well, we didn't really go anywhere. No, we didn't go anywhere. Per se. But, uh, do you know, uh, I just thought of this for a brief second, but I was wondering if you've seen it, the... The spooky, scary skeleton song that's spooky, everywhere. Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down my spine. Do you see the the episode that Davey 504 posted with that? No. He just what? played the bass over it. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty he, funny. Did he add anything or was it just like I the think standard so, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. They, he added quite a bit like he always does. Yeah. But anyway. What a, what a character. <laughs> he's, a, he's a strange one. Yeah, but he's a fantastic bass player. Yes. What's his... Where's he from? Uh, Italy, I believe. Italy. I can, I can never place his accent. Neither can I. Because he's got a deeper voice. And when I think Italy, I think, What's up? What's up? Uh, cannoli. Mama cannoli. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, What's up, slappers? Yeah, it's definitely not um, Dana Carvey Italian. It's definitely not Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I know that we had mentioned that we were going to be reviewing a Childish Gambino and or um, Tyler, Tyler the, the Creator. Creator. But these albums are pretty... They're pretty dense. Involved, yeah. So yeah. we uh, are taking a, another minute to to finish wrapping our minds around those. Yes. Um, in the meantime, we're going to have a fun little one-off here. Yeah. A more recent album than the two of those. Yeah, it came out this year. Yeah, 2020. Uh, I would assume in the spring. Or did it come out in like April? It came out March 27th, I believe. Okay. So, so still kind of pre-shutdown. That was like right when everything whatnot. was getting shut down. Yeah, it yeah, was like was, right at the... Right at the peak of it, yeah, yeah. But it's a uh, a pretty pretty good album. Yeah, it is. Local Honey by I, uh, I listened to it right when it came out, uh, maybe like two or three times, and mm-hmm. then whenever we decided to do this, I had to revisit it. But it is a it's an interesting album. Very different. It's definitely very different from what Brian Fallon has done in the past. And speaking of different, we're going to be having a beer that's a little <laughs> different from what this brewery normally does. <laughs> With the podcast? Oh, yeah, what, the, what this brewery does. Yeah, we're having a Yingling beer, which I don't think we've ever had anything by Yingling on this podcast. No. Um, that's a hometown beer for me. True. Uh, being a, from Pennsylvania. Um, but we're not having Yingling's lager. We're not having any of their well, Pilsners they have or the Gold Black Nail. and Tan yeah, as well. have got a porter. Um, this is a porter, but this is the Yingling Hershey's chocolate porter. Hershey's chocolate porter. So that's it's a uh, it's it seems like a really interesting idea for sure. I mean, they're both companies are from PA. Yeah. So Yingling is a massive brewery, and Hershey is a massive massive chocolate, chocolate company. company. <laughs> I don't know what you call them? Are they? Do they own Mars? I believe so, because I think when you go to Hershey like Park, there's M M&M and M stuff. Yeah, so there's I'm like fairly uh, certain. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to try this Hershey's chocolate porter. I'm wondering how yingling. much. I'm, I'm wondering a how much chocolate flavor is going to come through, and b what type of chocolate flavor it's going to be. I'd imagine quite a bit of chocolate flavor since they're putting Hershey's name on here. Yeah, um, it would have to be right. Yeah, and just for anybody who's unaware, Hershey's and Yingling are both located in Pennsylvania, so it's like a Pennsylvania collaboration when you collab yeah a good old uh combination of the two companies i think uh, but this beer has been popping up a lot of places lately so i figured why not give it a try yeah why not for reviewing an album that's about honey why not why not have a chocolate beer? <laughs> that's chocolate yeah 
You got a good old twist, twist off. off. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's how you know the beer is good. That's how you know the beer is mass Not, produced. Yeah, maybe? mass produced probably for the people. And Good already, color. yeah, it's not. I mean, you can tell it's porter color, yeah, not definitely, stout color. Definitely a porter. It's not dark. It's. I mean, it's dark, well, it's but, dark it's not, but it's like, not like black as night. Yeah, it's dark. not black as the night, like some porters. I mean, not uh, stouts we've had. Yeah, we've had. It created it a, dark, a, a a big head at first, but is dissipating pretty quickly. Yeah, dissipating quite quick. Um, a nice dark tan head, very dark tan. Yeah, it's a good looking. It's actually a really good looking color. Of yeah, beer. you can you can get a little bit of color through it, but not much at all. Uh, yeah, you but can it's still again, see the bubbles and whatnot in it's there. It's not so. tar. It's not super thick. It smells. It smells like, like a porter. It smells like cocoa. Yeah, and it does have that porter smell. I mean, you can smell a little bit of the roasted malts. Yeah, definitely a lot of the roasted malts on there. Yeah, but it's, uh, I mean, it looks pretty pretty solid. It looks really carbonated. Yeah, quite carbonated. Not a bad thing, just a, an observation. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say that we give this a cheers and give it a try. Let's do it. As we always say in American Brews and Tunes, Down the chocolatey... The Hershey hash. The Hershey hash, I mean. I was going to say the chocolatey hash, but the Hershey hash is better. Well, it's definitely chocolatey. Yeah. And it's definitely Hershey. Yeah. It tastes like Hershey's syrup. Yeah, it kind of does. That's so weird. In a good way, though. Not like... Yeah. Sometimes Hershey's syrup can be a bit much and a little cloying. Um, this very clearly is a porter also. You can get the notes from, mm-hmm. from the porter. A little bit of the bitterness that you'd expect from a porter, the roasted malts. Yeah, a bit of the bitterness. But that chocolate really comes through, though. It's very Which sweet, I'm not complaining about. But not, you know, it's not cloying. It's not overly sweet. It's, it's I feel really like, nice. I feel like this is going to be a one-off, right? Like they're just going to produce this once and then probably get rid of it? Maybe. I'm not entirely sure. Or maybe sure. it'll be maybe, a seasonal thing? Maybe seasonal. We'll see. Um, but it's really interesting because when I have like a decadent dessert-like beers, yeah. it's usually a stout. And it's usually yeah. like a 10, 13... Percent or... 10, 11, 12, 13% beer. What is this? Like 5%? This is... A, I think four percent, four or five percent. It's it's a lower gravity porter, and and it's it's I shouldn't say lower gravity, average gravity. It's yeah, not regular. It's regular not high gravity. gravity is is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so I mean, it's I'm when I say I have these big dessert beers, one that you have one time at night, and you're 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 good for the night. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. You couldn't have more than that. this. You this could is, definitely have one or more of these. Yeah, it's it's pretty easily. light. For being a, a porter. It definitely is um, light. It's, it's easy drinking. You can have a couple of these in a session. Yeah. Really, really pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm, I mean, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I probably wouldn't seek it out. Like, I, I probably won't go to Kroger and buy a, a six-pack, but it's not bad, though. What would what would this go good with food-wise, I'm trying to think of? Because, hmm. like, a, a regular yingling, I obviously would go with wings, because yings and wings. Yings and wings. Um, but Back yingling door. chocolate porter, what do you eat this? Do you eat this with dessert food, or will that change no, how... No, I feel like... I feel like this would go well with like a burger and fries. Uh, yeah, I mean, think about like having a sh- uh, like I'm thinking of Wendy's specifically, like having the uh, frosty. You know, that makes sense because I, I was thinking and that. fries and a burger. I was just thinking this probably wouldn't go well with wings. I mean, who knows? In in my opinion, I mean, yeah. there's only one way to find out. Try with wings. Try with wings. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this this is a quite a, a nice beer. If, yeah, it's not bad. If the flavor profile changes to us. As it warms up, we'll let you know otherwise. Yeah, I kind I kind of doubt that it will change, but yeah, I don't I don't think maybe it's gonna be super maybe complex, as it warms up, the maybe. chocolate will become more present. 
perhaps. Maybe. I mean, I like where it's at right now. I don't want it to be too much more in your face. It does kind of leave a, like a nice aftertaste in your mouth. Mm-hmm. It leaves like a nice, just little bit of a, like a lace of chocolate. Yeah, it's not on the uh, tongue. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's not super lingering, but it's there and it's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a, it's a good beer. It's not bad. So let's uh, move on to this album. Yeah, Local Honey by Brian Fallon, as we said, came out late March of 2020. Yep, right before everything hit the fan. Right before the Backstreet Boys started touring. Oh, jeez. Doing their world tour. <laughs> is that a joke, or did they actually do that? No, that's a Game Grumps reference. Oh, I was going to say, I am so confused. For anybody who doesn't know the Game Grumps, sorry, that joke made no sense to you. <laughs> it made no sense. I know who the Game Grumps are, but this still makes no sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, did they tour this year right before the pandemic? <laughs> no. I have no idea. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Um, anyways, this is uh, Brian Fallon's third solo album. He was the frontman from the, the Gaslight Anthem. Yeah. Which I think they're technically just on hiatus. Not I think so, broken yeah. Broken up because they reformed I mean, they never announced that they were. They never announced that they were broken up, right? And they didn't call it quits for sure, but yeah. uh, he's this is his third solo album. Um, they haven't done any Gaslight stuff since then. I'm struggling to remember what the first two are. The first two solo albums? Yeah. Well, let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> His first album was called Painkillers. Oh, right. Um, like yeah, Painkillers. Like an song, yep. Wonderful Life, Steve yes. McQueen. Yes. Um, and that one, I think, was a more like upbeat folk album. Almost like folk rock. A little rock. less rock. There's definitely rock there, but it was yeah. more folky um, and very nostalgic, reminiscent sound. Yeah. The second album was called Sleepwalkers. Sleepwalkers, and right. that was very different. That was, one was definitely different. There was a lot more, more rocky, instruments. I think like there were horns and, and organs that, right? yeah. and all kind of stuff. But it was more rocky. There was a saxophone in one song. Yeah, um, I think it felt really genuine and campy at the same time. Hmm. The production on that that album it was hmm. very strange production, uh, but it had some of his uh, best melodies. I think, even though it's my least favorite of his solo records. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And this record. Uh, just like the other two, is unique and very different sounding. Like, yeah, definitely. When you hear all the his solo stuff, you can tell it's him. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't know which song it was, and you heard it, you could easily you could say, tell "I know which, which album, album this is that's on. from." Yeah. Yeah, they all have their sure. different pr- production sounds. They've all got their different sound sounds. Yeah, um, yeah. He songwriter he, styles. He switched it up like enough to where it still sounded like him, but you could yeah. easily tell it was different. The songs don't blend it. Together from album to album, mm-hmm. um, local honey is a lot more slower and contemplative. Yeah, a lot slower. More of a singer songwriter sounding album, I'd say. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, the thing I really like about this album is actually the way it's mixed. Like I was listening to uh, multiple albums during work one day, mm-hmm. and I switched to this album. And at least with the headphones that I was listening in, I was like, "Wow, this album sounds like way different and like really full." like sonically full mm-hmm. for yeah. how little instrumentation is in, is in each song. Yes. Like they did a, a fantastic job in mixing this album, I think. And I like that they switched up instrumentation from song to song. Yeah. Um, drastically. So even, mm-hmm. even the songs, you can tell they're all from the same record, but they switch it up big time. Yeah. Um, but here's what Brian Fallon had to say about this album. Okay. Um, and he mentions headphone stuff, so that's... Oh, really? Very fitting. Interesting. He says... Um, <clears throat> This was an interview with Kerrang. I think that's a Canadian magazine. Yeah, Kerrang, yeah. Um, it's definitely one for the headphones. I would say that all my music up until this point has been for driving and playing really loud in the car. But this one is like the after the show record when you're like, I'm having a night in and I'm going to sit here and think about stuff. 
Um, he also said, I could see that, yeah. Um, about the actual title itself, um, Local Honey, he said it was inspired by um, a sign that he saw in his, his uh, hometown for Local Honey, mm-hmm. um, which can have medicinal effects on per- people. I was thinking that I'm always away, and I feel like when I come home, the immediate thing, things around me, my family, my friends, make me feel better. Hmm. For me, being home is like medicine. All these songs are about this love that you find at home and through your immediate family. So I was like, that sounds like a good title. <laughs> Just very matter of fact. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Yeah, this will work. That makes sense. And coming up with hey, song titles is tough. So if you see something, he probably just like saw that, thought of it, like, like didn't put in a memo on his phone. Just mm-hmm. to... Well, that actually, that actually puts like into context a lot of the song's meanings then. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I definitely like it. Think de- so. Like have like kind of thinking back on all the lyrics from the songs, hearing that quote makes me think, okay, mm-hmm. that's what that's kind of gives a little bit, a little bit more context yeah. into. And his songwriting styles, I think, was different on this album too. Yeah, it's because normally he does like storytelling songs There's, from the perspective of other people. One right? of those on here for sure. Yeah, I think but I know rest, which one you're thinking of. The rest, I don't think so. Yeah, I the, could be wrong, but the one song it. Is Vincent, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, definitely a from, story from a different perspective. Yeah, for sure. Um, like we said, this came out late March 2020. So that means that the supporting tour that he had to do was canceled. He was supposed to come through canceled. Nashville. Yeah, yeah we, were, man, we, were we were excited to see so many bands coming through Nashville yeah. this year. But at the very least, we got this record to listen to. True. So whenever all this clears up, whoever knows when that is, hopefully he... Um, is able to route his tour through Nashville again. Yeah. But uh, we'll see when that is. Until then, we'll listen to the music. Yeah. Shall we dive into some tracks? Yeah, track number one. Track number one. And I did pick three songs to recommend. It was hard for me to pick songs because there's only eight on this record. It's a fairly yeah, short it's a, record. it's a short record. Yeah, it's like 30 minutes long. And this record doesn't really have too terribly much in the way of standout singles i would say yeah definitely there are not. some songs that are hookier than others but yeah there's there's one that i can make the case for that it could have been a single but yeah. it makes sense that he didn't release yeah. any singles this, though this is a good front to back record for yeah sure. for sure um i did recommend the first song however okay um nice. so if you only wanted to check out three songs max or if you are short on time check out the ones i would recommend otherwise yeah. listen to the whole thing please <laughs> and if you just want to check out one track check out the one song that i recommend there you go <laughs> Um, but anyways, track number one is called When You're Ready. Yeah, it's um, a good song. And if anybody has listened to me review music, you know that I rarely listen to lyrics on a first listen. It's pretty hard not to listen to lyrics on this album, though. Uh, yeah, agreed. And I think I heard every single word on the first listen. Yeah. Um, and at first, I thought he was talking to a former um, person. He was somebody who was formerly in a relationship. Like, yeah. I don't, I can't tell you who to love. I, I don't know who that is. And then when they get to the bridge, yeah. there's no doubt he's not talking to a former lover. He's talking to his, his kid, his daughter. Yeah. He's talking about like crayons in your pajamas. Yeah. I'll be your audience. Yeah. And then you, you that's when it hit for me. It's like, oh, this is like, he doesn't want his kid to grow up. Right. But like the, I think it's, it's too, it's looking at it like in two ways. Like he doesn't want his kid to grow up, but he, but he also, he also wants her to have the best. Yeah. And he, he mentions like, to her that uh, it's, it's kind of a, dark and terrible world so yeah you got to be tough mm-hmm. um but you know, he, he knows that she's gonna grow up and saying like you know be strong and make good choices yeah yeah, anyway. yeah the line that uh brings that whole idea home is when he says make he's, he's talking to her about who like he doesn't know who she's gonna love or who she's gonna like choose to be with but 
that she should just make sure that they love her half as much as he loves her. Yeah. Really nice song. Yeah, it is. It's a, uh, it's a good, good, well-written song. Yeah. I, like it, I like it a lot. And when you hear this nice stripped down song, which is mainly acoustic mainly guitar acoustic and, and there's and like vocals, a, there's some very simple guitar riffs and mm-hmm. I believe either a steel guitar or a guitar with a slide. I think you're right with a steel guitar. And it just does like very simple lines like... But normally he puts... And most bands put like a a real zinger at the beginning, like a real rage of a song. Mm -hmm. Like to get you amped up and ready for the album. And this one is just calm. Yeah. And that is a example of what's to come. Yeah, definitely. There are only a few other songs that get faster than that song. And not much faster. Yeah. And not fast in a way of his previous material. Yeah. I'm moving on to track number two, which is my second recommendation. This is the song that I recommend. So if I suppose if you only <laughs> want to pick one, this is it. Um, the song is called 21 Days. 21 Days Till I Don't Miss You. Very somber song. It is, uh, yeah. Um, verses are very filled with like melancholy, and then there's hope in the, the chorus. Yeah. It's a really cool song. Yeah. Like th- um, I like the... It's kind of the first time I listened to it, the chorus really kind of caught me off guard with like how he structured the melody. Yeah, with the, 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 the line the, and then cutting it. Yeah. When, when it's, it's over, over. When it's over. leaving. With the crying. With the feeling. Yeah, so I, was like, I was like, whoa, geez, that came out of nowhere. Little stanza break. Yeah. Stanza break. It's real. Yeah, it was, it was like, it was, it was just really interesting to hear um, it juxtaposed against the verse yeah which was very kind of like linear and like not not one-dimensional but the melody wasn't like all over the place or crazy at all so the chorus sets itself apart really nicely the second chorus specifically because the first chorus is is on the same register register as the as the first verse he shoots up the octave then yeah he goes goes up the octave on the second chorus which is awesome yeah yeah um thematically though the song seems to be and i don't want to say definitively but i I'm fairly certain that it's about a uh, recently dissolved romantic relationship that he's reminiscing about. Yeah. Um, he refers that it takes 21 days to break a habit. Yeah. Um, he learned that in therapy, apparently. Um, That's just like a common... Yeah, breaking a habit 21 turn days. Fr- turn of phrase, right? So he says, if I can make it 21 days, then I won't miss you anymore. Yeah. I also think it could be... You could uh, take it as um, like breaking an old habit. Yeah. Or there like was, a, a bad habit. Because I know he been used- joking... About cigarettes, but he did quit that recently. He was talking about that on Twitter. Yeah, could have been about that also. Because I mean, like he would he would say, "I enjoy like talking to you in the morning over over coffee." coffee. Yeah, which generally that's a common thing. Like cigarettes and coffee. Yeah, are a fairly common thing to do. But I think it's probably multi multi meaning. If it's getting over a relationship or getting over a bad habit. The way he wrote it, it sounds like a relationship, but it very well could be about cigarettes. That could be like a, a meaning beneath. The main meaning of the song. Yeah. Subtext. Subtext, yeah. Or whatever you want to call it. Uh, what's the footnotes? Allegory. The footnotes of the song. <laughs> Anyways, let's uh, move on to track number three, <laughs> okay. which is called Vincent. Vincent. This is the one song that... Eh, it's a storytelling song. Yeah, I was, I'm was. i not a big fan of it. I am, because um, I, I really like storytelling songs like this. True. It's kind of like an old country song, how they do that. Yeah. Uh, and it's a it's a good song. I just, it's just not my favorite on the album. It's he tells it from the perspective of a girl who's an abusive in an abusive relationship. Yeah. And as soon as I 
because I actually didn't know that upon listening to it a ton until I read all the lyrics to the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I realized what it was about, I immediately thought of Goodbye Earl by the Dixie Chicks. I don't know if you know that song. Oh, okay. Um, Marianne and Wanda were the best of friends all through the high school days. <laughs> both members in the 4-H club, both active in the FFA. <laughs> uh, one of them marries Earl, who was their hometown, like hometown uh, sweetheart. And then she... Uh, he put her in the hospital until they kill her, killed him. Oh, <laughs> Goodbye, Earl. He was a missing person that nobody missed at all. <laughs> Jeez. That's um, dark. But this song is also kind of dark. Yeah, so that's that's what I thought of thematically because uh, in this song... Um, it's about a girl named Jolene. Yeah, and I like that she's Jolene because at the very beginning of the song is my name is Jolene and I hate and that song. And I hate song. that song. And you obviously know what she's referen- or he's referencing there. Yes, very clearly. Jolene, Dolly Parton's Jolene. Jolene. Um, but uh, she's in a abusive relationship with a boyfriend, uh, but mm-hmm. she's got her childhood seemingly side romantic interest, Vincent, who yeah. she confides in. It almost seems like he's just a friend, though. It could be. It's it's hard to tell. It really is hard to tell. It, it, could, like, it could be a friend. It could be romantic. I, yeah. I don't know. They don't really lead into that too much. It doesn't really say specifically. Like they had plans to run away, but one night he pushed her too far and she killed him. Oh, uh, she killed her abusive boyfriend. Right. Yeah. I stabbed yeah. him and then I stabbed him again. Oof. So something happened, but it's it's a it's a pretty interesting song. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um, in this song, you see kind of his like weird, uh, word choices, kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. Like a, a, in in a lot of these songs, it's not, it's never like a simple like a b a b rhyme scheme. Yeah. But in some of these songs, like the lines just like don't rhyme at all, and they just they feel weird to listen to. Yeah, almost. Yeah. But I think that's an, an intentional choice. Agreed. That he it, does in this song, and it's got a real nice triple meter in this this song, which yeah. kind of sets it apart. My name's Jolene. And I, I hate, hate that song. song. Yeah, but it's it's a very very nice little uh, little um, ditty, and I really like the piano that's kind of playing in the background. Do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah. That that's what I was saying at the beginning of the episode. Is that like he does? They do such a good job, like having these very simple lines just, for like the piano or the guitar or slide guitar or whatever else. And it's subtle. And it just, it's not in the forefront of the music, but yeah, it's really but it just nice fills, texturally. It, yeah, it just fills out the song so nicely. The the song is full. It's full of sound and it's full of space at the same time. It's it's yeah. really well done. It's. They did a good job when they put this together. Yeah, I agree. Um, moving on to track number four, which is called I Don't Mind If I'm With You. I'm with you. Um, another slow contem- contemplative song. Yeah. And after you had said that that beginning line where he was like, uh, like being home with family is like medicinal in a way. Mm-hmm. Now songs like this make way more sense yeah. to me. Yeah. Because so it, it, it might not necessarily be about uh, a romantic relationship. Yeah, it might just be being around people yeah. that you love. Yes, yeah, it's, it's hard to tell because it is fairly vague in this song. Yeah, um, but obviously he's talking about uh, tough things in life. Um, but he's with someone who doesn't mind the tough stuff. Yep. Um, and he likens this person to uh, a nightlight for a kid who has mm-hmm. bad dreams. Yeah, like he, yeah. I think the line is "You're a, you're a light in the hallway." Nice little way to think about it. Yeah. Um, moving on to track number five. Which is called Lonely Only for You. Lonely for You Only. Yeah, Lonely, whatever it's called. <laughs> um, but this is Same a idea. S- slightly more upbeat song. And I'd say it's probably the, the most upbeat 
fastest song on the record. I think so, yeah. Um, I'd agree with you there. At first, I was thinking that maybe that's because it's the first song on the B-side, but clearly mm. where albums typically would have their first song on the A-side and the B-side be a faster, more um, aggressive upbeat. song, Brian Fallon didn't do that on the A-side, so why yeah. would he do it on the B-side? So Who maybe this is a, it's a new thing. I'm not entirely sure what he's saying here, um, whether it's about star-crossed lovers or a uh, broken-up couple or if it's more of a familial thing. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a vague um, situation that he he doesn't really get too in-depth, but clearly he's lonely only for this one person. Yeah, all I know is it seems like he's choosing to be lo- lonely only for them. Like, So I don't know if he's waiting for someone. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. This is one of those uh, songs where the... The content of the song is just vague enough to where you can't definitively say what the song is about. Yeah. So you just have to say, this is kind of what we maybe think it's about, but who knows? <laughs> yes. Ryan yeah. Fallon would, would know more, obviously. <laughs> um, I do like in the chorus, there's, there's one thing he does um, where he says two lines that kind of have the same melody, and then the third line is in mm. this completely different melody to yeah. kind of switch yeah. it up. It's the line where he says, um, but to me, you're a dream, a divine memory. And then he goes back to the the fourth line, the same melody as the first two. Um, And it kind of breaks it up, and it reminded me, the melody he did here and the way he wrote it reminded me of a different Brian Fallon song. So it took me a minute, but uh, I I think the one I had in mind was If Your Prayers Don't Get to Heaven. Oh, okay. um, From the album Sleepwalkers. Yeah. And he does something similar where he's got two lines, and then the third one he says, I've been crying. Yeah. What does he say? (laughs) <laughs> You've been crying, yeah, I yeah. see ya. Honey, I've been crying too. Yeah. So I think he used that tool, and it's it's a really nice yeah. way to, to kind of break up the chorus and and not have all the same and just elevate it, I guess, is the best way to say it. Yeah, well, it's just, it gives the listener's ears something new to listen to, which really uh, kind of takes the chorus to the other level. It's almost like a bridge within a chorus. <laughs> Yeah, or it's like the chorus acts as obviously not a bridge, but acts as something similar to the function of that. I don't. I'm rambling now. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I get what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Moving on to track number six, which is called "Horses." Horses. Um, This is a classic uh, little chord progression in the the verse here. Yeah. One four. What is it? One five. One five six four. Yeah. One five six four. It's a great chord progression. That uh, when you hear it, you think Blink-182. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't think anything else besides Blink-182. Naturally. Yeah. And if <laughs> anybody knows anything about anything, yeah, um, then you immediately think that, of course, Blink-182 used horses in the first date music video. I mean, we there might be a lawsuit here waiting to happen. Yeah. And the chord progression of that song, though slightly different, is reminiscent of this. So yeah. I think that... Uh, <laughs> The only natural conclusion is that there are ties between the two songs. Yeah, clearly. Um, I don't know what Brian Fallon was thinking, but uh, that's okay. He was probably thinking, I really want to copy Blink-182. Yeah. Well, it worked. In their chord progression. <laughs> it worked, and I liked it yeah. a lot. <laughs> um, this is a really, really good song. Um, again, it's a slower, contemplative song. Um, I think the song is about leaving this life and moving on to the next. Perhaps heaven, because Brian Fallon has been... Um, to an extent, vocal about being religious. Yeah. Um, as we've seen before, uh, he has retweeted some Joel Osteen stuff mm. on Twitter. Which Not my favorite. I, me neither, but he's <laughs> the favorite of a lot of people. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Anyway. But to each their own. 
Um, Subject for a different podcast, for sure. Not ours. Um, But again, it's not definitive what he's talking about here. Um, But I really like when the song crescendos and gets to the last chorus because they do a double-time percussion. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say drum set. Yeah, you definitely don't want to say drum set because they don't use a full kit in any song. Yeah, I think they're... I don't think, anyway. They're using brushes here. I'm not entirely sure, but it's definitely double-time. brushes, yeah. And when I hear it, I can imagine if you're using a full kit, if you beef up with electric guitars and you gravel up his voice like he can, um, yeah. this would definitely be a Gaslight Anthem song. For sure. Uh, a really I, good I one, could, too. I could definitely see that or hear that. Yeah. But alas, it is not. <laughs> um, track number seven, which is called Hard Feelings. Hard Feelings. Um, I think the song is about trying to bring his guard down with a new love. Mm-hmm. Um, in the chorus, he says, but it's hard when you're hurt to let somebody in again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and he does say on the second chorus, um, he, he switches the words a little bit. He says, but it's hard when you're hurt to let somebody wreck you again. Yeah. I, th- I think that's what he says, hmm. uh, which is kind of interesting, but uh, who knows? Um, could be about something else, but that's kind of the vibe I got from there. The basic idea is that yeah. it's, it's difficult to, after you've been burned in one relationship, it's difficult to start another one. Yeah. And he, he did go through a divorce. That was what the album Get Hurt by Gaslight Anthem was about. That was their, right. their last album. Right. Um, the chorus here had a really familiar sound. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of had that dun, 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 dun. And I was like, that sounds like another song. And it took me a while, but I figured what it was okay. um, that I was thinking of. Um, and it may just be me um, that my ears picked up, but the song Anything You Want by Spoon. I, oh, okay. I, th- I, I, don't, I don't remember that song off the top of my head, so I'll have to listen to it after this. I think it's on their debut album. Don't quote me. Um, but it's the musical portion of the first part in the spoon song and the musical portion of the chorus mm. in the Brian Fountain song. Okay. Just a fun little Interesting. similar sounding yeah. thing. First he copies Blink. Now he's copying Spoon. Jeez. Good taste. What's going on? He's got very good taste <laughs> if you ask me. Um, moving on to the last song, which is my final recommendation. Okay. Okay. This song is You Have Stolen My Heart. Mm-hmm. This was the lead single put out for the record. Really? So the last song was the lead single. The last song on the record was the lead single. Hmm. Um, and it's an, I don't know if it's the slowest song on the record, but it might it's be. It's definitely slow, like yes. really slow. And so when I heard this the first time, I was like, what the heck? Because <laughs> like I, I saw like a post online, check out my new song for from my upcoming album. Yeah, like, and then you yes, you're like good song, right. upbeat, fast tempo. Yeah, but nope, nope. not at all. <laughs> this is so slow and I, really somber was, sounding. Like really, I was a little bummed out at first. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I I think I listened to the song maybe half a dozen times in a row, um, and it grew on me very very quickly. Yeah, um, it's a super catchy song. Um, and when I heard this, like I thought maybe there would be fast songs to come, but I was very receptive to the fact that this was going to be a different album. Yeah, yeah. Um, if they're pushing this as their first single, then something's different here. Yeah, I mean that's you got to respect that. As an artist, you don't want to write the same stuff over and over again. He didn't. So um, Brian Fallon said about this song in particular. He said this song is my most direct attempt at a love song. Huh. I wanted a song that wasn't aware of what it was or wasn't. It was just true. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. And that's what it is. I agree. Interesting. That's it's pretty cool. Really nice love song. 
Um, and for a while, I actually considered this maybe as a contender for a uh, first wedding dance song. Oh, really? It was up there because it's it, it's a really nice love song. Yeah, um, and it's really catchy. It's got the right tempo. Yeah, it's danceable. It's really really nice, and it's kind of haunting in a way. Hmm. Um, I don't know what that instrument is that comes in like near the end of the chorus. Dun dun dun. I don't know if it's a synthesizer. Yeah, I'd have to listen to it. An organic instrument. I don't know, but it's really really nice. Um, all in all, um, this album surprised me. Yeah, I definitely did too. Cause I, I didn't listen to the, the, the single whenever it came out. Mm-hmm. And so I went into the album with blind. fresh ears as they say, or well, as I say, or blind. Yeah. Not having any clue what, what it's going to be like. So yeah, I, at my first listen, I was like, Oh, they're all slow songs. <laughs> but then as generally happens when listening to, an album from an artist that you typically like, they songs grow on you. Yeah, it was Quite worth the listen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I was I was heavily disappointed at first. Mm. Um, but I I it didn't take very many listens, but I I put it on repeat. And this might be my favorite Brian Fallon record. Really? Um, it's a tough contender for between that and Painkillers. Yeah. Um, but this is just so off the wall and it just, it sounds like really, really nice. Like, yeah. It's, the production it's an, is really it's, beautiful. Yeah. The productions, that's the thing that stuck out to me the most is that just the amount of, uh, like space that is filled. Yeah. It's for being in, such a stripped this, back record. Yeah. It doesn't sound, at, it doesn't sound at all stripped back yeah, at all. It sounds great. Yeah. It's like wonderful production on here. I, I wonder if he would have played most of the songs on here live. I don't know. So I feel like it would be weird, right? To have like the whole band up there, and then there's just one guy on a snare drum with brushes going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't get a chance to see it, but maybe we will if they reschedule things. I don't know. Yeah. I hope they do. Hopefully they do. Yeah. All in all, good album. Definitely check it out. Um, if you've never heard Brian Fallon, check out his other stuff too. Yeah. I think he's we, a we, great we did songwriter. We a review of Painkillers um, on a previous episode for a one-off. Yeah. Maybe we'll do Sleepwalkers at one point in time. Who knows? Um, maybe. I don't think we ever reviewed Gaslight Anthem, did we? I don't think so, no. Well, maybe we'll do that. Most, <laughs> mostly because I haven't listened to them too much. Oh, so maybe I, I can... I think the only song I know is the 59 Sound. Doing the 59 Sound yeah. on your grandmother's radio. You probably know 45. Yeah, turn the record over. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Song, I know that song, that's too. That's probably yeah. one of their biggest ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I'm fairly familiar with all their stuff, so I'll recommend something at some point. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Really nice. good music. I'm looking forward to next week. Uh, we're back to, I mean, unless these records continue to kick our butts. Yeah, uh, maybe we'll just have to do a couple of one-offs here. I yeah. don't know. But uh, the tentative plan is to um, either do Because the Internet by Childish Gambino or yeah. Igor by Tyler the Creator. One of the two. Um, those are our next two tentatively we'll see maybe we'll maybe we'll throw in an episode because we're recording this the week before halloween so maybe we'll do something like spooky record like spooky or like talk about spooky songs or something like that we could do that that'd be fun and have like a pumpkin beer that'd be be pretty fun it's a good idea everyone loves pumpkin beers um doesn't i did see um i was at providence did um, you see pumpkin spirits i didn't see pumpkin but i saw this ipa that said like no pumpkin ipa or something and it was 
No like when you look at the description, it says this beer contains zero percent pumpkin, zero percent spices, <laughs> and zero percent fall items. It's just a straightforward great IPA. <laughs> there were pictures of pumpkins all over it. I think they were just poking fun at all the pumpkin beers. <laughs> no pumpkin whatsoever. Yeah, I, I got a good your laugh safe out of haven that, against the fall season. Yeah, goofy, goofy. I always, I always see that one uh, meme where it's like it's Han Solo season. And it shows like some girls with the vests and the long like leather boots. Oh yeah, and jeans on. It's on solo season. I never thought of that before, but uh, yeah, strangely, yes, it is. It is that time of year. It's getting a little bit colder. Today was still hot in Tennessee, though. It was like eighty degrees. Yeah, I hated it. Ugh. Yeah, we had a couple. There were some. There were some days where it was like sixty degrees, and I was like, "This is fantastic." Yeah, finally, yeah. but uh, we're back up to the heat. They already have snow now. up in Minnesota. Not they got like eight inches. Oh my gosh! In the cities, I figured maybe a little snow, but not that much. Yeah, it was bad. That's gnarly. Anyways, um, yeah, let's get back to this beer before we sign off here. Yeah. And if you do want to reach out to us, give us any comments, True. concerns, give us a recommendation, or just like let us know how anything you could just let us know how how you think our jokes are the funniest. Yeah, if you want to be like, man, you guys are so funny. Or if you want to say Stephen's jokes are better than Jesse's, that's yeah. cool too. Anything. Yeah, just let us know. You can hit us up on all the social <laughs> medias. You can look up American Brews and Tunes. Uh, yeah. Or you can send us an email at americanbrewsandtunes at gmail.com. I think so. Yes, americanbrewsandtunes at gmail.com. <laughs> Good enough. Uh, but anyways, uh, did this t- beer taste different to you as it warmed up? Not really. It, it kind of tasted better when it was colder, to be honest. I agree. It's But it still doesn't taste terrible, though. It still is reminiscent of like a, I, I don't want to say um, chocolate milk because it doesn't really have that lactose creaminess. I know what you mean though, but it's got that sweetness. Like I remember, like milk. I remember specifically mixing Hershey syrup in milk. Yeah, that has a the very flavor, reminiscent flavor, not the creaminess. Yeah, of flavor. Milk. Yeah, if this was the exact flavor, but on like a flavor a, and a, almost a mouthfeel, a too. milk stout, then it would be chocolate milk. Yeah, yeah. It's really good though. It's interesting. Um, let's uh, give us a, a cheers and, and finish our beers. Sounds good. As we always say in American Brews and Tunes. Down the Hershey's bite size hatch. That is a delicious little beer. It's tasty. Yeah, good for cold weather, even though we're hitting 80 still. Yeah. Once again, my name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is American Brews and Tunes. Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes Shibbity-beebity-day